Hey guys, and welcome back to the Talking Fit Podcast. Here with Ty and Adam, we're joining you on this lovely afternoon we have here in upstate New York. It's uh, beautiful weather as always, raining, crappy out as per usual. No but sun. <laughs> zero sun, nice and gray and gloomy, but we're here and we're excited to, uh, to talk to you guys, right? So today we're going to touch upon a few subjects. We'll kind of touch on a couple things here and there, but the main focus and main premise is going to be around working from home, all right? We all know post-COVID, uh, everyone's lifestyle, the landscape has changed, you know, on a, on a working standpoint. And most people are either working partly from home or completely full-time from home in their lives. And their dynamic has changed uh, on all facets. So we're going to talk about things such as, you know, overeating for, uh, when we're working from home, how to live better, feel better, move better, and things of that nature. All right. So uh, we're going to dive right into it here. All right. So starting off uh, here, guys. So we're going to start off on the topic of how to avoid overeating when working from home. Adam, what's what's your take on this, sir? So I, I feel like uh, it's interesting. So first of all, I want, I think it's important to like, categorize yourself or at least or at least I like, be conscious of your mindset. I've had people like the same person or people tell me how when they are at the office things are hard. Uh it's hard to eat healthy because you know they have they go out to eat with clients or they 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 travel for work or you know there's donuts in the break room. <laughs> but then they all the same person will say it's hard to eat healthy from home because they just have access to all the snacks mm-hmm. and uh you know there's just food everywhere so they can just graze a- as they please. Mm-hmm. So I would say like you know first of all if you are someone who is falls in both of those categories it's going to take a little bit of uh introspection to go okay, is this a home slash office problem or is this a me problem? Mm-hmm. Is this a my habits and my behaviors and, and what is my emotional reason for, for tending to go to food when I'm stressed or bored or whatever it is? Uh, so, but as far as some tactical things that you can use, uh, just remember that if you're working from home, this means that you have 100% control mm-hmm. of the food that's in your house. It's not like you're working at a hospital where you have to rely on the ca- cafeteria food or you're yep. going out to lunch with clients. Yep. You have full control. So this advice, whether you work from home or not, I feel is pretty broad and very helpful, sure. which is don't buy trigger foods that you know you're going to overeat on. And mm-hmm. this is a conversation I have with clients a lot. I'm not saying that these foods are bad, that you can never have them. Mm-hmm. But again, this is a personal thing. If you are trying to lose weight or you feel like you're gaining weight, unwanted, un- gaining unwanted weight, and you have a problem with overeating on chocolate chips, don't buy chocolate chips and keep them yeah. in the house. Maybe we can build to that to where you can eventually eat them in moderation and control the portions. But if you, if you know you're not there yet, don't try to make yourself into some self-disciplined warrior and keep them around the house yes. and then just avoid them all day. Just don't buy them. So uh, my first tip, and then maybe you can give the second tip, but my first sure. tip would be just don't buy trigger foods that you know you tend to overeat on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think on that same notion, just to dwell upon that even more, is, is um, it goes into the effect on a broader, a broader standpoint, broader scheme for me is thinking of just uh, making sure that your environment is set up how you want it to be. So yeah. again, buying, making sure that you're not buying those things or building up to it, making sure that um, you know you have your, your healthy snacks available, more of your uh, quick, ready-to-go foods that are going to be more whole nutrient foods, uh, more nutrient-based, whole dense foods, uh, rather than stocking up your shelves slash, <laughs> slash your counters with the more highly palatable foods like chips and cookies, candies, and things of that nature. I agree with you uh, 100% just simply because I am someone who... Uh, if I keep it in the house, 
I will, I'll run through it quick, like real quick. Like, so Oreos was always a thing for me uh, growing up, especially I buy a pack of Oreos, like the whole sleeve is gone within a day. Yeah. As I got taller, as I got bigger, I was able to eat more. I could, I could clear out almost like a whole container in a day. So like, I just, right. Like, I just know like that's something that I won't keep around strictly because I know that like I will go off the rails on it. Yeah. And that's not, you know, setting limits on myself. It's not saying that like, oh, this is a bad food. I can't eat it. It's just not keeping it readily available and right by because then I have access to it. Yeah. I mean, at all that, times. this is an extreme comparison, but I always, I always <laughs> make the comparison, which is like, if you know someone who's a recovering alcoholic, you're not going to tell them, well, what's the big deal if you have one drink? Right, mm-hmm. they're, they're just not capable of stopping at one, and that's mm-hmm. a personal choice they're making. So again, I'm not saying that you have to be that extreme to where you can never touch Oreos again, mm-hmm. but if you know that you, uh, you, know, you, you can't just have one and stop there, then just don't buy them, or buy a single serving portion once in a while, like on a weekend or whatever, buy like one of those smaller packs that's got like yep. four Oreos in it. This way, even if you eat the whole thing, it's only four of them. Yeah. Um, don't listen to like this, like, this weird new like anti-diet culture that tells you that you should be able to eat whatever you want, however much you want, <laughs> and still love yourself. Like, yes, you should still always love yourself and have a positive mindset towards your yourself and your body. But if you know you want to lose weight and one of the things that's preventing you is overeating on, you know, chocolate chips, then just don't buy chocolate chips. Mm-hmm. Don't buy them. I guarantee you, if you don't buy them, you're probably not gonna leave the house at 8 30 night just to buy a bag. Yes, yeah. yes. And I love that you just said that. So that's that's one of the t- uh a tip that I, I tend to use and administer for my clients is again, like if you really want something, like I'm not saying don't have it per se. What I'm saying is don't keep it in the house. And if you really want, make yourself get it. So make it, you can make it either an occasion or make it like a, a special treat that you have to leave the house in order to go get yeah. it. Make it something that's not, again, like not quite as readily available to just be able to eat whenever you feel a, just a, a little bit of hunger or a little spike of, oh, I just, maybe I'm bored and I want to go snack on something, yeah. you know? Um, a tip that I have is actually uh, making sure that you have, so I like to make sure that I have one food that I can always go to when I'm I'm feeling that same notion of like, I, I want something sweet or I want, you know, this is weird, but the mouth feel of just like having something like, no, that's a real thing. I, on, I have, you know, I have clients who, who say that to me too. They're just like, I just have this thing where like, I feel like uh, once in a while I need something crunchy or they need yep. something to snack on mm-hmm. that. I'm, I, that, I don't really fall into that category. Mm-hmm. I'm not much of a snacker, but that is definitely a real thing that I hear a lot of people say. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I find that like, well, so while I use a supplement that obviously sometimes is like gum or mints, although they do have, you know, calories and carbs in them, it just won't be the same as eating Oreos per se. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, having that one food and have it be more, again, more nutritious. So for me, it's, I like to either have uh, just a piece of fruit. So it can be something small, normally like something that has more fiber in it. Uh, I like apples are huge for me. Um, peaches I like in, um, plums if I can find them but uh pears are hard to find too but all the pea all the pea fruit but uh yeah just <laughs> normally for me it's it's having a piece of fruit that's gonna allow me to stay satiated um and just give me because it's normally what it is is you just want that little bit of sweetness that little bit of high to give you that little spark of energy you yeah. know what I'm saying oh yeah yeah so I like to have that one fruit that's around that I can always that's my go-to that I can have to that's quick and readily available that I can choose whenever I, I get in a tough spot where I feel like I'm quote-unquote eating out of boredom. Uh, eating out of boredom. 
Um, I think on that same note, so combating against, you know, eating out of boredom, I would say uh, another tip that I also tend to say is make sure you have a hobby. Make sure you have you have something else that you're interested in that when that time comes throughout your workday or whether it be your weekend, what may have you, that you have something that you can choose to go to that's going to be more beneficial rather than just choosing to just eat food. Yeah, yeah. Because you're bored. You oh, know yeah. What I'm I think one thing that, I mean, I'm sure people uh, maybe saw this one coming, but uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a very good way to kind of curb all of these habits, um, or especially the overeating one, is uh, just being diligent and accurate with like tracking your food. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm not saying you have to track your food year round, but it, I'm telling you, if you've never tracked your food before accurately, if you track your food for like eight weeks, and I know that sounds like a long time, but in the grand scheme of things, it's not. If you track, track your food accurately for at least four to eight weeks, you will learn so much about portion sizes mm-hmm. and w- what you're missing in your diet mm-hmm. that you can then focus on adding to your diet as opposed to taking things away. So for example, if, you're tr- if you realize you're more of a snacker and you're snacking on like pretzels or chips yeah. or you know, chocolate chips, whatever it is throughout the day, and you start tracking and you realize you're barely eating any protein and now you try to get your protein up, that will automatically like police itself and start mm-hmm. reducing these other snacking foods. So I would say at the very least, whenever you are hungry, uh, you know, try to try to eat more meals throughout the day yep. as opposed to only snacks. So if you're getting three to four square meals a day, square meaning protein, a carb and a veggie or protein, a carb and a produce, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you're going to be less likely to snack in between. Cause if you're waking up every in the morning, and you're just having coffee for breakfast and then you're, you know, you're letting the day get away from you and then lunchtime comes and you're ravenous and you're starving because you've had no protein, no carbs yet. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to just eat while you're cooking and eat while you're looking for, for food. Um, so yeah, eating more meals throughout the day. Uh, again, if you're working from home now, you're also probably cutting down on your commuting time. Yeah. I'm assuming because you have to walk downstairs <laughs> as opposed to drive maybe 20, 30 minutes to work. So can you invest that 20, 30 minutes into something more productive for your day? Can you now cook breakfast every day? Mm-hmm. If you cook a high protein, well-balanced breakfast and you start your day with that every morning, I guarantee you're more likely to make better decisions throughout the day because you start your day on a good note and you're just more likely to go, well, well I already ate a healthy meal. I'm mm-hmm. less hungry. I don't want to ruin that. You know, mm-hmm. You're going to make better decisions throughout the day if you start your day with like a good meal. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I think... Uh, it comes back to the same notion of, again, like your meal frequency, your timing doesn't matter too much as far as when it comes to fat loss overall, right? Like it's more so your calories in and your calories out. But in terms of building a longer term sustainable habit and lifestyle, uh, making sure that you are starting your day with protein, <coughs> excuse me, with an adequate serving of protein to keep you full, keep you satiated, and also to hold on to your muscle mass. Again, I can attest to this simply because I- I've had Oreos first thing in the morning. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, full disclosure, I used to work at a group training gym and had clients who would bring me Oreos on Saturday mornings because they knew I loved them. Well, what happened is I would clear out two sleeves after coaching three or four classes. And by the end, I uh, would feel shaky, yeah. felt horrible. Uh, blood sugar definitely dropped, uh, almost passed out a couple of times. I just I felt absolutely terrible. So I think on that notion, it would have been a lot better safe. Maybe they... Maybe maybe they brought me some scrambled eggs or something of that. Like, or maybe, maybe Tyler just had some self-control. Maybe <laughs> waited until 2 p.m. to eat those orders. <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe that would have worked as well, too. But, you uh, don't want to throw logic into this situation. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But, yeah, um, I think that just, again, leads back to, and this is something we always preach and always talk about, but it's just 
making I think making sure that you're not only getting adequate protein, but make sure that you have sources of it that are either readily either cooked up like they come that way, like it's on prepackaged meals or something have you, or just small amount of food prep, you know, small things that you can do on the weekend, take an hour, uh, you know, here or there to even simply just cause, because, and I say this because I have clients who say like, I'm, I'm, I don't know how to cook or I'm horrible at food yeah. prep or things like that. And luckily, you know, my mother taught me how to cook. So, so I, I don't have to worry about that as much on my side, but for helping my clients is I feel if you can at least have a protein, if you at least have a solid uh, source and amount of protein that you can choose from, I feel like you can then build your meal and build your day around that. I think that should be just a general like, rule of thumb for across the board is you should always base your meals around the protein that should be your mm-hmm. first choice and i know that's that that sounds like common sense to us and it's not just because we're like a couple of meatheads it's just also because it just is how it's what's going to benefit your body the most like i i just posted a whole thing on my instagram the other day about like exactly why is protein important mm-hmm. for fat loss and you posted the other day just an, an actual breakdown of different protein sources mm-hmm. so these are definitely different uh you know resources that you can go to on both of our instagram pages for free to to help you understand why it's important but basically if you're not getting enough protein, you're not going to be as full throughout the day. You're going to not be, uh, you know, recovering and supporting lean muscles. So your metabolism is going to get slower and all that stuff. Um, but when I, whenever I'm discussing dinner plans, uh, you know, with my wife, or we're 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 making our grocery list. We're you know, what are we going to eat for dinners this week? Mm-hmm. It is one hundred percent, ten out of ten times, always a protein. Okay. And then we figure out the carb, uh, you know, whatever. So like, it's like, what are we having for Monday? What are we Monday? Oh, we're having salmon. What are we having Tuesday? We're having steak. We're having Wednesday. We're having beef. So like, we just pick the protein source. Then we just know, okay, we're going to have some sort of potato or some sort of rice or some sort of pasta mm-hmm. with this meat. But that's the, that is what we're basing it on. Same thing with breakfast. I know I'm going to have some sort of eggs every morning for breakfast. I know I'm going to have some sort of meat every mm-hmm. day for lunch. It's always based around the protein. Now, if you're working from home, I know this sounds like we're trying to this whole podcast is about like how to you know make sure you're staying healthy when you're working from home but understand that if you're if you are working from home it realistically logically should be 10 times easier for you to stay on track because you can control your environment you can schedule out your day so that's another tip that i would give is to uh maybe and again this is going to take some of these are you know these aren't just quick hacks guys like these are things you have to actually implement and, and, and make conscious decisions but Set scheduled eating times for yourself the same way you would if you were at work. You have your lunch break. You know when you, if you have lunch with clients, you know when those lunches are or when those meals are. So have scheduled eating times for yourself. No, I'm eating breakfast at this time, lunch is this time, and maybe break time or snack time is this time. And this sounds like stuff that you do in kindergarten, but like realistically, that whether you're a five-year-old or a 55-year-old, people thrive off of routine. So mm-hmm. if you can set a routine routine for your day and actually stick to it for a couple of weeks, it just becomes habit. So if you know these are the times that I'm going to eat and you just don't eat in between them, it's going to cut down a lot of calories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great tip for people who are, you know, tend to snack or kind of graze throughout the day. Yeah. You know, I have a lot of clients that tend to do that. It seems a, a lot of parents, I find, tend to do that a lot. 
um, as they're preparing because they always put themselves second. You know, well, you know well, what I, I mean? Get, yeah, I get that totally. And I'm sure you can attest to that. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and my, my son's only eight months old, so, like, it's it's probably, as he gets older, it's probably gets more difficult. So I can definitely acknowledge that if you're someone who has two or three kids and they're all walking and talking and mm-hmm. eating regular food, yeah. But uh, this could be a whole other podcast topic. But, like, I, I also think, and this isn't me, you know, judging anyone's decisions. This is just my own, you know, beliefs. And it's just understanding that like uh if you do have kids that there is nothing wrong with feeding your kids uh you know quality whole food protein and stuff like mm-hmm. that like you're not going to create eating disorders in your kids by having them eat like quality food and i know that sounds weird but i think a lot of people are afraid to tell their kids nowadays like uh or to not eat certain foods because they don't want to create an unhealthy relationship with food and i mm-hmm. think that that's 100 i agree with that i don't want to create unhealthy relationships with food but we're not talking about telling your kids, hey, if you eat French toast, you're gonna get fat. That's all mm-hmm. I'm saying. I'm saying that like, if you're making a meal for your kids, make sure they have a protein source. This way, when you are picking out their scraps, mm-hmm. it's a protein source, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? If all they're eating are peanut butter and jellies, like, then you're gonna be eating leftover peanut butter and jellies if you don't have the self-control to throw it out. <laughs> uh, so um, I think that you know, keeping snacks in the house, if, if, you're, if your family, if your kids, your husband or wife don't eat the same way that you do, or maybe they don't have the same goals that you, you do, that's fine, but it goes back to tip number one. Just don't buy foods that are triggers for you. Buy foods that maybe they enjoy that maybe you don't really like that much. Mm-hmm. So if, you know, if I know, you know my wife likes, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think off the top of my head of something she likes that's like maybe not a healthy choice, but she eats really healthy anyway, so it's hard to, <laughs> but like, let's say, let's just say for example, let's say my wife's trigger food was like potato chips, yeah. but I didn't like potato chips and she didn't get, she didn't care. She's not like counting, tracking her calories, whatever. And let's say I wanted to lose 20 pounds. Then I would make sure if I'm buying snacks, if my trigger food is Oreos and hers is potato chips, I'm mm-hmm. gonna only buy potato chips because yeah. then she's probably gonna snack in it and I'm not, and I don't have to worry about it, and I'm not controlling her decisions. She's got her own thing, I got my own thing. So uh, that's another like communication thing is is communicating with the other people in your household mm-hmm. about what your goals are in a healthy way. Like again, if you have teenage, you know, daughters or sons and you don't want to communicate to them that, hey, I'm trying to lose weight. That's, that's, I understand that completely and I agree with that, but you know, it's, there's no harm in communicating to them that like, hey, I, I don't, you know, I'm eating this food because I prefer this. Maybe communicate in a way like, oh, I'm eating more protein because I know it's good for me. Mm-hmm. Not because I don't want to get fat or I want to lose 20 pounds. Yep. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. 100%. I think it does. I hope they agree. <laughs> I, uh, no, I, I think I actually grabbed uh, two things out of there. I think uh, from that, that same notion, I think a couple of things you can do in order to improve just how you're feeling, living, eating uh, from home would be one to include the family or again, include the people that are yeah. in your household. Um, either inc- include them by communicating to them, like you said, communicating your goals or um, just in terms of uh, building a community and build, you know, common people working towards a goal, building a team of whoever's in your home with you, you know, your kids, spouse, whatever, whoever it may be, um, and having them join on it with you and having them yeah. start to change their eating habits because nine times out of 10, not everyone in your house is going to be eating perfectly unless you, you are the one making the choices for them for every single one of their meals. And to my extent, I haven't heard of that happening in many households, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. uh, you know, that's, that's just, that's my opinion. But, um, yeah, so I would say also, so doing that. And then, um, also from there, just continuing to, uh, yeah, just, oh, sh- 
I also think, you know, making sure that you're, you're paying proper attention to your dialect. You know, I've uh, said a couple of times before in the past, I feel that to a certain extent, like your communication, the words you use, your verbiage, uh, you know, the tongue is one of the most powerful uh, muscles actually on the body, um, not just for eating purposes, but I just feel like, you know, what you put out and what you manifest and the things you say and put out into the world is going to directly affect um, what your endeavors are, what your actions are, what you're looking to do next um, and your success rate as well. I think that, you know, by in terms of talking about like what you're saying, like, hey, uh, you know, I'm just try I'm trying to lose fat. So like, I don't make me feel bad about what I'm doing and just say, no, like I'm trying to do something to allow myself to feel better. I'm trying to improve my health over time and yeah. making sure that you are speaking about it in that sense, because I, a lot of times and not only from clients, but also, you know, for myself going through a, a fat loss phase or like, it tends to be such negative connotation and energy that's put towards something that realistically like it's positive over the long term you want to feel better and move better and you know and become a better person and perform better over time but like not focusing and saying like hey like now i can't have this or saying no like i'm restricting myself from not having these foods or i can only eat this or saying can only do certain things like no you can still eat generally speaking like what you want as long as you're paying attention you're getting your adequate protein in you're moving your body and you're staying active you know in yeah i think that that's i mean not only communicating to you know a client communicating to their family but like the way i communicate to my clients too is uh when i start uh coaching someone for the first time mm -hmm. the main focus at first is all additions not subtraction always yes so it's like we're adding water we're adding protein. We're maybe adding like uh, you know more produce to the diet, or and we're probably adding some sort of activity. Mm -hmm. So all additions. I never start the process with uh, eliminations. I never start with you gotta you know cut out carbs or you gotta cut out this food or you gotta reduce this. It's always additions. So I think uh, if you're communicating to the people around you, uh, whether that's friends or family. Communicate what you're doing from a nutrition standpoint as far as like what are you doing to add to it? So for to give you an example uh, If you're saying I, I need to start eating more protein or I need mm -hmm. to start eating more nutrient uh, Nutrient dense foods or more vitamins. It, it doesn't become a weight loss thing It becomes a nutrition thing a health mm -hmm. thing and, and I know that sounds like a like a fine line to walk But realistically if you have people around you and, and this might not resonate with some people But I, I have clients. I know personally this this affects them a lot is they want to lose weight they but they don't they want to be very careful with how they communicate this to their especially adolescent like you know daughters mm -hmm. especially because mm -hmm. eating disorders are, are very prevalent in that age yeah. group so uh what i my advice always to them is to be communicating from a place of uh positivity like you were yep. saying so for example instead of saying i can't eat dessert because uh you know i'm watching my diet you can say, if you're eating more protein in your diet, you can say, actually, I'm gonna pass on the dessert because I'm really full from dinner. Mm -hmm. And I, that's a small switch, but again, now it's not, I can't have that, it's I don't feel like that right now. Mm -hmm. And it shows that just because there's cake on the table doesn't mean you have to have a piece. It shows conscious decision making and being aware of how you feel. Like, I feel full, so I don't need to eat more. And these, you know, I just talked to a client about that today, about how leading through action is better than preaching. So, you know, she was, she's, you know, down, uh, you know, 20 pounds and has, has continued to see results. And we've only ever talked about additions to her diet. We've mm -hmm. never talked about subtractions. And just through her doing these things and never telling anyone else in her household how to eat, 
her kids are now asking her questions about, hey, mom, like, what should I be eating to get more protein? In? Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? And, and th- like, again, this is a, a, having a more positive effect on her household as opposed to a stressful household of, mm-hmm. I can't eat that. I'm on a diet. I'm, treat- I'm trying to lose weight, all this stuff. So um, I'm not, I know this is kind of going off on a tangent, but if you are working from home, I'm assuming it means you're spending more time at home and mm-hmm. with your family. Communication is going to be very key because when you go off to work and you're, only, you're in your own little work world, mm-hmm. you can kind of make your own decisions and talk the way you want to talk as far as, you know, you can tell a coworker, oh, I'm trying to lose weight, but maybe you don't want to communicate that way to your, to your children. So yep. this, is, this is a helpful way to kind of make that transition. Yeah, no, 100%. I agree, man. All right, let's dive on into the next one here. All right, so um, as far as I'm going from, so straying a bit off from nutrition, uh, ways that we could uh, live and just feel better in general working from home. So one that I would say that I implement a huge amount, not, uh, not only into my training, but uh, into my day-to-day, uh, especially as well as just small bouts of just movement, activity, and just mobility yeah. um, in general. Uh, you know, especially uh, my first week of opening business, I, I, very active person, uh, was moving a lot at my prior job and then pretty much sat down for a week straight, didn't get off the computer, uh, building web- websites and, and things of that nature, finalizing things. I realized how much and how, and how prevalent like doing things, you know, such as mobility um, and how uh, effective that they are, not only keeping you pain free, but just feeling good as you're moving for, uh, on your day-to-day basis, doing your, your day-to-day things. Um, I think, so on that same notion, making time and prioritizing that time to do the things that are going to allow you to feel better with nutrition, of course, being included, but uh, noticing that, you know, with mobility, that you will feel better just getting up every, say, 45 minutes or so, you know, setting an alarm and just even just standing up will will do wonders for you. Um, You know, if you're finding you having, you know, lower back trouble, which is something huge uh, with a lot of people who tend to either sit home or sedentary at work, but again, with it being more working at home, uh, lower back problems has been huge in terms of uh, reception from my clients and just people asking me yeah. about uh, lower back trouble and experience it, experience it myself sitting as much. So I think incorporating that stuff more into your day will just allow you to feel better over time. Um, and then, I, of course, getting to you know, more of your daily exercises, making sure that you, you are training hard and do something, I think, in order to keep you on track in terms of scheduling with your nutrition, health, fitness, everything encompassed into one, uh, realizing that you want to do something every day that's going to challenge you yeah. also. I think when you go to a job, you're out in the world, the real world, uh, you don't have as much control over the things as you do in your own home, in your own environment, in which you can, you can build. I think that can be good and bad. I think it can be positive in saying that you can build your own environment. You can yeah. keep yourselves in... Uh, Set up your gym however you want it to be. Keep your shelf stocked how you would like. But it can also you can also fall into that that comfortability of uh, you know not having to uh, face those challenges that you normally would out there in the real world. It's, yeah, it's, it's the the literal definition of a comfort zone. Like, yeah, if, yeah, literally. Yeah, like, if you're at home, you're way you're super comfortable in there. You start spending all of your time at home, regardless if you're on Zoom calls or, or doing computer work, you are still at home. Mm-hmm. So. It is a it is a the literal sense of a comfort zone. I think when you're out uh, at the office or if you do work at like a, a gym or you're a barber and you're on your feet all day or whatever the situation is, when you're around other people and maybe you're running, you're having different conversations throughout the day, you know, that are non-work related. So maybe someone else is talking about what they're doing for, for mm-hmm. fitness or maybe someone else is trying this thing or you're, you're hearing about the new gym open up down the block or whatever it is. 
um, you're more, there's more exposure to that. When you're in your own little bubble, it's mm-hmm. easy to then just stop, you know, exposing yourself to that. So mm-hmm. I think he, Tyler is very right in saying, as things are opening back up now in 2021, um, if you, obviously if you feel comfortable with it, but like, it, I think by now most people are, do feel pretty comfortable with these things. So like, don't be afraid to join the gym or, mm-hmm. or do something where you have to get out of the house. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think joining, uh, signing up with, for, you know, scheduled workouts or with a trainer where you have an appointment mm-hmm. is very useful because then again, now you're setting yourself some system of accountability to where you have to show up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if you are working from home, you should schedule some time in the day to leave the house. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge one. I think from a mental standpoint and a physical standpoint, if you are just cooped up inside all day, it will eventually drive you crazy. Regardless if you're alone or not, mm-hmm. you're gonna get driven crazy. So I would say, get out of the house, join a gym for your workouts, or find some sort of out of the house hobby that you enjoy doing that forces you to just leave at least once a day. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing a, a 31 day challenge right now. One of my daily checklists uh, for my, my challenge members is you know 30 minutes of outdoor time a day. Mm-hmm. And that could be anything. That could be going for a walk, that could be you know just doing yard work, whatever yep. it is. But just get out of the fucking house, man. Like you know, <laughs> if you're sitting in there all day, you're gonna drive yourself crazy. If you're you know, waking up, eating, working, and working out in the same place every single day, uh, and it's gonna drive you crazy after mm-hmm. a while. And and to kind of you know, uh, I think it's directly related to that. Is I'm sure may, some people who may be listening to this who may know me and Tyler are like, well, what the hell are you guys talking about? You guys both work from home, <laughs> and you guys both have gyms in your garage. In your so what are you talking about? But the difference is is that we both work with face to face in person clients mm-hmm. every single day. So even though I'm stepping out only into my garage, I am interacting with someone who doesn't live in my household, who Mm -hmm. has their own life, who is going to work every day, and we're talking about it. On top of that though, I also do have corporate wellness uh, things that I do, so I do leave the house at least once a day to go do those, uh, you know, corporate wellness workouts at businesses. But my point is, if if you're not someone who is self-accountable, and not saying what better or worse or not, but me and Tyler just have people who are pretty self-accountable. I know that I'm not gonna skip a workout even if I'm working from home. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter to me. Like it's a non-negotiable. Yep. I'm gonna make it happen even during you know COVID and quarantine when I didn't have equipment. I still worked out six days a week because it's just a non-negotiable for mm-hmm. me. If you're not of that same mindset when it comes to fitness, then you need something to get you out of the house and go work out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Um, I agree too, especially on the, uh, the, the notion of non-negotiables, uh, that was, uh, something huge for me that just allowed me to stay consistent, whether it be working from home, working from anywhere. But like, yeah. I think that, uh, in terms of a tip, like setting non-negotiables for yourself is, I mean, that's a huge way just to stay consistent in general, but especially if you're working from home as well, like just making sure you have your, your, your check marks, whether it be, you know, you're getting your protein in, you're getting your calories in, but doing something that's mentally de-stressful read for 10 minutes a day do something that allows you to unplug from from the consistency of being home because i realized when you're home how easy it is to work 24 7 yeah because it's right there right <laughs> like yeah, it's literally yeah. it's right next to your computer phone whatever it may be is literally right there right there next to you so you can work at 12 a.m or you can work at 4 a.m or 5 a.m when you first wake up you know depending on the on the person so 
Um, I think definitely setting some non-negotiables for yourself, having, you know, baseline marks for you to follow every single day uh, will allow you to stay successful over the long term also. I have had people say to me who were working in an office and then work from home Mm -hmm. that they felt like they were way more productive from home. Mm -hmm. The reason being they weren't having all these little interactions throughout the day with coworkers. Now, even though those things can be distracting, we all have work that we need to get done and, and deadlines we have to meet and stuff like that. And even guys like me and Tyler who work for ourselves, we still have deadlines that we need to meet because yep. we have obligations to to clients to challenge members you know we, we still have deadlines um podcast podca- podcast episode <laughs> all, that, all that stuff so um my my advice to you would be like uh kind of if you are working from home and you know you used to quote unquote like maybe burn or waste x amount of minutes a day in these what you perceive to be like maybe meaningless conversations with coworkers, understand that those conversations, I'd say 70 to 80% of the time are probably good for your overall health for the day because it was giving you a break. It's giving you interactions with other humans. Mm-hmm. And, and, and generally speaking, if you're having full length conversations that are positive, they're probably with people that uh, you enjoy talking to. So mm-hmm. I would say make some time during your day to do something that is non-work related, even if it's during the work day. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds, like, you know, weird, but I, most people, if they're at work for eight hours, they're not doing eight hours of straight work. Yeah. So if you're at home, don't do eight hours of straight work. Give yourself time to go for a walk on your lunch break. Or, you know, you were if you were commuting and now you're not, there's no reason that you can't go work out or get a workout in uh, during the day to just kind of get that mental break and, and stand up and move around a little bit. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I, um... I would also say I think that's something that you can do in order just to allow you to stay more consistent over time would just be is to make sure that you're just uh, not only staying focused on your goals, like on, you know, uh, your longer term goals, month to month, you know, week to week, but just focus on your short term goals as well. Like simply, I find that working from home, uh, people tend to lose their sense of structure mm-hmm. and lose their sense of accountability to themselves where they, you know, feel like at a job they have, you know, or excuse me. You can, you're still at, you can have a job with somebody else and be working from home. Adam and I just aren't, we're the exception to that. We were for ourselves. So um, I think what, what I'm saying though is, is I'm referring to just that you have much more freedom of your time at, when you're at home because you don't have to do those little things again, like such as traveling, such as, um, you know, having the small conversations with client or excuse me, with uh, coworkers from day to day. And like, I think that those are so positive. I, I almost I miss that stuff to a certain extent. And for me, one of one of the outlets or one of the things that allows me to you know unplug or like feel like I'm unplugging someone from what is actually doing like something like this, like doing like a podcast. Oh yeah, like, totally. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know I, what I'm saying? Like I agree. It's a, it's a beautiful Friday afternoon. It gives us a chance to you know unplug and and do something that's a little different than staying you know uh, completely locked in as we are pretty much every day. So um, I think something else to also look into keep in check is uh, your screen time. Yeah. And yeah, and make sure that you're you're utilizing. You're utilizing your specific electronic device for what it's for. So um, I find that a lot of times if I'm doing stuff on my phone, which is always my go-to because whether you're mobile, actually not even being mobile or not, even in my own home, I will still use my phone more. However, what I find is when I do so from tracking my screen time and such, I'm on my phone for almost an hour and a half to two hours more a day doing so because you can get caught up doing other little smaller things here and there in terms of your productivity. Oh, yeah. Uh, So once I realized that trend, I decided to 
put my phone down for a majority of things. And I do more things on my computer. And I just notice I'm more efficient on there because I don't have the apps and the social media apps like Facebook, uh, you know, Facebook, Instagram and all those things where you can get caught in the scrolling and the, you know, oh, just yeah, wasting man. time. So I, I, I think that by doing so and by discerning between uh, your electronic devices and monitoring your screen time, it'll just allow for greater productivity so you can free up or quote unquote free up. I think we always can make time when we make priorities, but you can free up that time within your day to do the things that are going to be more beneficial to you, like paying attention to your nutrition, doing something outside, things of that yeah. nature. Now, at the end of the day, a lot of this stuff is, is like I said, it's not hacks. It's just self-accountability mm-hmm. and, and everyone's different. So like me and Tyler are both trainers. Uh, we're both nutrition coaches, but even, even we're different in, in like the, how we approach our personal uh, nutrition habits and stuff like that. Like even like like Tyler was saying how you know he keeps certain foods out of the house because he knows he'll mm-hmm. eat them. For me, uh, so I started watching what I ate like at a young age. I'm mm-hmm. not recommending that. It just was the, the, what my kind of path was. But I had a family who didn't do that. So I at went, what age? What age do you think you really started getting into it? Oh, like probably like twelve or thirteen. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I would say maybe too. And, and it wasn't was perfect by any means. <laughs> it wasn't perfect by any means. Like I mean, I still thought that if I went to McDonald's and got like a McChicken, it was healthier than a double cheeseburger, which it's not. Yeah. So like, so like, I'm not saying that I was perfect, but I I was conscious of not drinking soda, not eating desserts, and things like that, which is you know for a 12, 13 year old is is you know is pretty decent whatever. Anyway, my point is is that there was always desserts in my house mm. growing up and I just, I just didn't eat them and it built this uh you know I could I could walk by you know plain chocolate chip cookies in my house and not touch one. Mm. Uh my thing is is if I have one I can't stop it at one. Yeah. I can easily not have any. Yeah, okay, okay. Like last night we ate at home and there was uh we had we made like tacos and there was chips and guac on the table and I didn't have one. Dude like <laughs> I know, and I was impressed with myself too. But if I had had one, I'd be eating the whole bag. So bad, the yeah. reason why I bring that up is, is just like know what your strengths and weaknesses are and double down on your strengths and kind of work on those weaknesses. So I know for me, if I don't have a chip, it's easier than to have one and stop. So mm-hmm. I just don't have any. Mm-hmm. If you're someone who can't have chips in the house or else you're going to eat the whole bag regardless, then just don't buy them. Like no you know, make conscious decisions and know what your strengths and weaknesses are. Like I have clients who are super consistent with working out, but they just can't seem to get the nutrition on track. Mm-hmm. I have other clients who can eat very well and be very accountable for their food intake, but it's hard to get them up off the couch and start exercising more. So know what your strengths and weaknesses are. And if there's something that you're strong at, just don't wor- worry too much about that thing, you know, and really focus in on, on the weaknesses or at least putting yourself in situations where you don't have to try and overcome uh, like these, you know, these barriers. So for example, if you have Oreos in the house, it's harder to not have one than it would be if you didn't buy them. Make things more difficult for yourself, you know, create resistance. So for like Tyler said, if you're gonna eat something, make yourself have to go get it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like for example, I like never eat donuts, right? Yeah, but it, but when I do eat donuts, I get them from this place called Darling Donuts in Saratoga, mm-hmm. right? It's 20 minutes away from my house. They sell out by like 10 a.m. So you got to get there when they open. Yeah. I stand in line for them. So I, I hate standing in line. So like I got to get there at like fucking 8.30 <laughs> on a Saturday. 
and, and and be in line so that I can get so I can get some. Yeah. So this happens so rarely. So when I do eat the donuts, it's not a big deal. But if if it was if I was the type of person who was gonna stop at Dunkin' Donuts every day on my way to work, I'm just increasing the probability that I'm gonna eat donuts more often. True. So uh, one point that I I tried not to go off on a whole thing, but like one thing that I've I've I am always very honest with my clients stuff like that is, is acknowledge. If you're eating something for enjoyment or if you're just fucking eating it because you're shoving something in your mouth. So, for example, you don't enjoy eating the half-stale Cheetos in the back of your pantry. Not you're not enjoying it. You're just eating it because it's there. It's if there, you yeah. want to eat something, quote-unquote, off the your your plan or, or maybe something that's going to be a little bit more calorically dense and you're eating it strictly for enjoyment, fucking make it count, man. Like, mm-hmm. if I'm going to eat pizza... I'm going to eat really good pizza from a good pizza spot near mm-hmm. me. I'm not going to get DiGiorno and heat it up just to yep. say that I ate pizza that day. Yep. Does that make sense? Yeah, for yeah. sure. So like, now, make, it, make it count. Yeah, one hundred percent, definitely make it count. Actually, I love that you say that because uh, my next tip or next, you know, whatever modality you want to call it uh, that I had was just to uh, to raise raise your awareness. Like so, and what I mean by that is raise your awareness of how certain foods. Uh, either make you feel or raise your awareness of what what's causing your hunger per se and sit with that allow yourself to be hungry for a couple minutes like allow it to not just be a trigger point of like you feel a little bit hungry and now especially if you're you're trying to lose fat um and you're you're in a calorie deficit like hunger is part of it even just a small amount but um i think just realizing and being more, being more aware of the decisions you're making and why, right? Like, so um, I actually just put a, a post on Instagram about this a couple of days ago, but just realizing like how the food that you're choosing to consume, how it's making you feel, or when that moment of hunger strikes, again, are you doing this out of boredom? Are you doing this because you're actually hungry? And then like you said, make it count if you actually choose to eat something like I sometimes I'll even catch myself. I'll stand in front of uh, like my little pantry I have and just look at the food that's in. I'm like, that would taste amazing. That would probably taste great. Could eat that, but it's not gonna do anything for me. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I actually I just I bought a box of cheeses because I haven't had cheese in, since like college, which was 2014. So it's been a while. But and um, right before I was cooking dinner, uh, we were going to cook dinner last night. I was like, I'm starving. I had only. Uh, I think I had a protein shake and I had one larger meal, which for me is not a, not enough. So I'm looking and I was I was about to eat them and I'm like, don't do that. It's not gonna do anything for you. You literally you're you're about to eat a serving though, which is gonna be 200 calories just for no reason, just because you can't wait 30 minutes to eat dinner. Like slow down. Well, second. no, that, that's a good point though. So <laughs> so it's important to like the to to make it's important to make a point that. He's not not eating the Cheez-Its because he thinks those one handful of cheeses is going to make him fat. It's just yeah, a behavior yeah, thing. Yeah. It's making conscious decisions. And yeah. I think that's a huge topic to touch on is that we're not saying not to eat these foods. These foods are going to make you fat or to be afraid of them. It's just knowing yourself and what are habits that you need to work on. So that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you can't eat pizza, you can't eat cookies, you can't mm-hmm. eat cheeses. It's just... If you know that Cheez-Its are the thing that's always putting you over calories, either learn how to fit them into your calories or control how often they're in your home mm-hmm. so that you don't aren't constantly overeating on them. And I think that's a very important distinction to make. It's very funny that you said that was literally last night. I, I need to eat like uh, – you probably eat more protein than I do a day just because you're a bigger dude than me. <laughs> but like I eat like 200 to 220 grams of protein a day, right? Yesterday, I was at like 160, and it was like 
eight thirty at night. Yeah. And I literally was texting my wife. She's, like, ah. she's upstairs putting the baby down. And I'm being an annoying piece of shit downstairs going, there's nothing to eat. And I need like 50 grams of protein. And then she's like, well, why don't you try, you know, whatever the suggestion was. And I was just like, like, I was just like, I was just like all pissy. Cause I was just like, this is, I need to eat like 50 grams of protein. I'm fucking hungry. Mm-hmm. And I literally did like, I did like a, like a ping pong ball. Like I went pantry, fridge, pantry, fridge. And I kept opening the door thinking I was going to like find something. Yeah. And everything that I looked at, I was just like, screw it. I'm going to have an ice cream bar or mm-hmm. screw it. I'm going to eat like, uh, I'm going to eat those chips that I didn't eat at dinner. Yeah, yeah. And I ended up just honestly, just instead of freaking out about the protein number, thinking that this, this missing 50 grams of protein was going to like kill my gains or whatever. I just, I was like, I took a second. I was like, am I even hungry yeah. or am I just eating? Because I think it, I have this like, you know, uh, Pavlov response to seeing that my calories or my protein is low. Mm-hmm. So I just took a second to think about that. And I was like, I'm not that hungry. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get, I'm eating donuts this weekend. Like it's like, <laughs> let's just chill. Everything's good. And then I was fine. I didn't eat and I went to bed yeah. and I felt fine. I didn't go to bed starving or like deprive myself or tell myself I was going to get fat if I ate the chips. I was just like, I don't even really want these. Like, yeah. Have you ever heard of halt? Halt. Halt. No, 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 no. It's like a strategy. It's, oh, halt. Uh, like stop. Yeah, like halt. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, but it's an acronym. It's a hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Yeah. And basically, every time you're gonna make a decision, just check in with yourself and be like, "Am I hungry, angry, lonely, or tired? Is that informing this decision?" So, for instance, if you're someone who, like, you know, if you want to have like a drink uh, on a reg- on a random day for no reason, it's like, "Am I hungry, angry, lonely, tired? Is that why I'm?" you know, you know, wanting to drink right now, or is it because I'm going to a birthday party? And I know it's gonna be fun. Like, so being able to acknowledge those behaviors and what's causing them and checking in with yourself. So am I just reaching for the snack because I'm, you know, am I hungry? Am I angry? Am I lonely? Am I tired? If I'm mm-hmm. hungry and I'm reaching for the snack, understand that this handful of cheeses isn't going to curb my hunger. Mm-hmm. So maybe I should eat something more protein. If you're angry, lonely, or tired, then deal with those emotions in a different way besides just like shoving food in your face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I th- it all comes down to on a daily basis for me. It's it all comes down to making daily conscientious conscientious decisions. I think a lot of people think that like there's just there's just one blanket thing that you can do, and like that's it, and then you'll continue to eat better and feel better, and it all works like magic. But it's like no, these are daily decisions that right, like you said, uh, you started thinking about food at what twelve. 13, yeah. right? And you're how old now? 30? 30, yeah. yeah. Old man over here. but I'm going to be 30, 31 <laughs> in two weeks or something. we 29 this month. Old head. When's but your birthday? July 26th. On um, July 14th. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, we're July birthday. Oh, all right. There we go. We might have a joint birthday party. You guys are all invited. Um, all, all, all three of you. <laughs> all three of you are invited. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, no, just get back to it. Uh, just speaking, you know, it's more about making those daily conscientious decisions. I mean, you guys see again, like what we do for a living is help to, you know, teach and educate people on nutrition, health and uh, building their, their strength and fitness and things of that nature. But we still have to take these same steps with ourselves on a daily basis. Like this was as as soon as last night when, you know, we talked about we've been you know interested in our own nutrition and bettering ourselves since at a young age. This is years and years of just continuing to practice those daily habits and it's still it's still prevalent no matter how long you've been doing doing it for i think it's realizing that with anything else whether it be uh you know business trying to build a a relationship with someone whatever may have you that it just it takes time and as much as you want to force it and as much as you want it to be now and everything to happen today i am right there on that same notion with you but patience is key and being patient and 
uh, giving yourself some leeway to realize that, you know, you're going to have that moment where you're going to look at that, uh, that cheese it or that, um, that Oreo box or whatever have you. And there's going to be times where you are going to have it and you're going to realize, hmm, maybe this didn't do for me what I wanted it to, or I made this choice to eat this simply based off my halt, <laughs> you yeah. know, um, you know, not, not because you were actually hungry because you were lonely or tired or bored or what may have you. So making those decisions on a day-to-day basis, know that that is just going to have to become your lifestyle, your way of life, and the, the way in which you're going to take on your day-to-day decisions. No, oh, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And then, that, I mean, that kind of, you know, can uh, bleed into any aspect of life, about mm-hmm. being patient and, and understanding that, you know, if you, one uh, decision off the off the path isn't going to ruin you, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just, but understanding that these things, these are habits and skills, and just like anything else, it takes time to kind of hone them but the, the positive thing is as you hone them, even when they're not perfect and they shouldn't be perfect, as you hone them, you will see results and you will see positive uh, effects on your life. And then it will motivate you to do more. So don't mm-hmm. just wait to get motivated uh, to start. Just start making small changes and that action will then lead to a result and that result will then motivate you to take more action. So uh, it doesn't go motivation, action, result. It goes mm-hmm. action, result, motivation. Motivation is usually like the last thing. Uh, in the puzzle, it doesn't it doesn't ignite the fire. It, it can kind of keep the fire going, but it doesn't. It's not what starts it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, I think that that's that's very important for people to realize. If if you are working from home a lot and you do feel a little bit unmotivated to kind of get your shit together when it comes to health and nutrition, uh, just understand that you don't have to be perfect starting tomorrow. Just pick one habit, one of the suggestions we made. Just pick one of them and just work on that for a week. That mm-hmm. one thing. It maybe it's just having protein at breakfast. That's the one thing yeah. you're going to work on for a whole week. And that's all you're going to, and if you can do that one thing every day for seven days, you can give yourself a high five and you'll feel very proud and it'll mm-hmm. motivate you to, to make another change the next week. Yeah. Yeah. No, hundred percent. I, I tend to find, I feel that people generally speaking, when people come to the decision that they want to lose weight, right. Or they want to lose body fat. No one tends to take into the account the amount of time, the decisions, the habits that that got them to where they are, right? Oh, like, yeah. if, you, if you're choosing to lose weight, there's normally a stimulus of to why, whether it be health-related um, or if you generally, or if you, you know, aesthetic-based and you want to look a certain type of way or whatever your reasoning is specifically for you, everyone wants the results to just be, again, like, immediate right now, this second, it all has to happen. But you just have to be more realistic and more logical with yourself to realize, okay, well, I was eating in this way for whether it be the last 20 years of your life or was the last two years of life that it's not all going to happen in the blink of an eye. Like you have to consistently, consistently put in this time and put in the, you know, these choices over time to get to be exactly where you want to be. So on that note, I don't think we have anything else. What do you think, Adam? No, I think I think we're good. I think we're all set, I think guys. We covered a lot. I hope you guys enjoyed this and enjoyed listening to us ramble on about stuff. Um, if you guys like this, like we really appreciate you just sharing it with people. Honestly, even yeah. if you don't want to leave us a rating, you don't want to subscribe. If you got one thing on the episode, if you can share it with someone, uh, this is all word of mouth. If we don't, you know, we're not doing like advertising for the show or anything like that. So word of mouth is what helps this show grow and hopefully reach more people. So if you got one helpful tip, just share it with one friend. You heard the man. Have a great day, guys. We'll talk to you guys soon.